episode of Beating Alpha. This is episode 83, and we have uh, another special guest on, which uh, I will introduce you here in a second. Very excited for this interview. Uh, so Ashley Wilson, uh, a little bit about her. She's the co-founder of Bar Down Investments, LLC, House It Look, LLC, and an active member of the real estate Invest Her, uh, which is uh, our network, and maybe she can cover what it is and hope women can get involved with that also. She has over 10 years of real estate experience and has been involved in over $40 million in, in transaction with both uh, single and multifamily real estate. Ashley co-founded Bar Down Investments LLC with her husband, Kyle. So shout out to Kyle. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a shame he's not joining us today, but hey. Ashley leads asset and construction management on her multifamily investments and has provided operational consulting for several other large multifamily owners throughout the country. Additionally, Ashley and her father, Tom, also have a very successful high-end flipping business in Pennsylvania, House at Local LLC, so that's the one, which handles several million in transaction annually. So, and uh, she said when she's not working on her business, she enjoys spending time with her husband and their two daughters. Additionally, Ashley's, Ashley enjoys competing with her horse, uh, which is the name Wow, right? Mm -hmm, correct. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I don't know. We, I would like to hear the story be behind the Wow also. But uh, listen, just want to big uh, thank you again for today for being on the show. And I'm sure it's going to be a great one. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So again, uh, you know, I think you're going to be inspiration for, for a lot of people, you know, business owners, uh, potential real estate investors, and uh, again, for the women, you know, in the space, because it's a tough industry to be in, you know, and you're breaking up the standards, the rules, because everybody, when they think about real estate, not everybody, maybe I should, I should take that back. But when people think about it, probably, you know, they, they imagine some guy with a suit, whatever that may be, you know. And now you're successfully having this real estate business for years, many, many years involved with your, you know, with your husband at the same time. So that's pretty much awesome. I love talking with real estate investors, uh, you know, women. So can you talk about your personal journey and how did you end up being part of this, uh, you know, of this empire that you're building? I mean, where did your journey into real estate investing world started for you personally? Uh, excellent question. So I kind of stumbled on it, um, not because I was born into it or anything like that, but more so because both my husband and I were making pretty lucrative salaries very early on in our careers. I was working in clinical research and development for pharmaceuticals. I actually worked um, during the last pandemic in vaccine research on one of the only two companies in the entire US that manufactured an H1N1 vaccine. Um, so if people don't remember that, that was swine flu as it was affectionately dubbed. But I, um, I was making a very good salary and my husband is a uh, former professional athlete. So he uh, was making a really good salary too. And both of us don't really, um, uh, we're, we're not people who invest in the stock market. That's the politest way to put it. Um, we, we believe that, um, there are other advantageous investment strategies and we looked into it and figured out that real estate was best fitted for our mindsets and the way that we look at 
investing. We like that it's a tangible asset. It also too is, has a lot of tax advantages that investing in the stock market doesn't have. So, um, you know, when we look around at every single wealthy person that we know, everyone is in real estate. That's the one common theme amongst every single wealthy person we know. So, um, we see real estate as not, um, you need to be wealthy to get into real estate, but a real estate is actually a vehicle to help you get wealthy. Um, so we started investing in real estate almost a little over 10 years ago with a single family rental. We did long-term and short-term rental out of that property. And that kind of just snowballed from there. We had a lot of success with that property. We got another one. Um, and then we ultimately went into flipping. So my dad and I partnered and co-founded How's It Look Together. Uh, six years ago. And we have since um, flipped several houses in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in an area called the Main Line, which is a pretty affluent area. Uh, my husband's career took us over to Europe for a few years. And once we returned from Europe, we knew that it was time to get into large multifamily, so large apartments. And we ultimately uh, dove into that um, about two and a half years ago. And, um, and from there, we've just continued to build our multifamily business. And then we have a few uh, supplemental income streams coming off of our, our businesses, our main driver businesses. So when you look back, you kind of say to yourself, 10 years ago, I, don't, I didn't realize that I would end up here but everyone's journey is different. And the great thing about real estate is it's a way to make money in so many different asset classes. The hardest part about being in real estate is staying focused because there are so many ways in which you can make money. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So listen, I just want to ask you about the, about your husband. So what, what does the husband do? As I mentioned, he's a pro athlete. So he was a pro athlete. He retired uh, about three years ago. Um, he was a former uh, professional ice hockey player. So he played in the U.S. for seven years, and then he played in Europe and Russia for four. Um, and then, so he had 11-year career, and then he retired. So it's pretty, uh, that's an anomaly, I think, for mm -hmm. hockey players. The average hockey career is four years professionally. So we were very blessed to have the opportunity to have his career last as long as it did. Yeah, okay, awesome. So the next question that follows that is, uh, I mean, 10 years ago, you had some sort of a conversation, but I would like to like explore how did that conversation even started? Like, how do you start a conversation? We should, you know, quit our jobs or we should start a real estate business. I mean, how does it go? Because again, at the same time, I think a lot of couples might be watching this interview and thinking, you know, I'm not sure about, you know, my job is going to be stable again due to, during to the COVID economical situations. Is it going to be stable for us as an income, you know, stream? So maybe they're gonna be looking for some other options. So can you talk about the options that you looked with your husband before and like how you do, did you came across real estate and you decided, okay, this is the path that we should follow? Initially, it was not um, for the intention of it being our full-time career. It was to diversify our retirement strategy. So when we looked at where to place capital, what we were looking at was the most advantageous place to place retirement capital. So at that time, uh, we weren't thinking about his retirement and transitioning to his retirement. He was very early on in his career. And um, we weren't 
naive. We didn't think to ourselves that he would play forever, but we just weren't thinking about the next phase of our life. With my career in pharmaceuticals, I was fast-tracked in pharmaceuticals. I was making a lot of money. I was on, my goal was to become a CEO of a major pharmaceutical company. I was definitely on my way to pursuing that. And um, because of that, it was just a, it, it really was a diversification strategy. I fully believe even today for people who invest in real estate and I coach people who invest in real estate, um, both path, passively and actively, that you should still not have 100% of your retirement savings in real estate. You should always be diversified. And that's probably a topic for a whole other day on why diversification is so critical. But ultimately, what we were looking to do was diversify our retirement strategy. We like the fact that real estate is an asset-based backed investment as opposed to a stock. Stock, you know, one day it can be worth hundred dollars a share the next day it can be worth nothing at the end of the day with real estate you still have the real estate it's very rare that the real estate value would go to zero so we like the fact that there's a tangible asset that's backing your investment also too when you look at the u.s tax code the u.s tax code actually has heavy incentives to invest in real estate and if you understand the principle behind that which is that ultimately the government has limited resources both time and financially to cover all of the needs of the the u.s demands most notably are we have a housing shortage so if the u.s government was to tackle that problem our tax basis across the entire country would be elevated so high that it would really you know impover or, or it would um, it would force people into poverty across the nation and that is not something that is you know a solution to the problem um, so what they do is they put tax incentives through um, opportunity zones through depreciation through all these different means to encourage the wealthy to place their capital there so that they get tax incentives for doing so and it also solves the problem if we didn't do that and the government didn't tackle the issue of the housing shortage ultimately we would still have a housing shortage and real estate investors would not be encouraged to build housing which would lead to skyrocketing in prices because the supply is shorter than the demand which is ever increasing so when we first got into it we liked the fundamentals of real estate we really thought that this was a really good uh, way to diversify our strategy and we just got more and more into real estate and realized that we could make a career out of this we could do full time in real estate and that's ultimately ultimately what we decided to do and we like the fact that real estate gives us freedom. We are not tied to someone else's job on every single day. So this morning on Friday, when I woke up, I didn't wake up and start working on someone else's dream. Every single day I'm working on my own dream. We like that control. We have a, a young family. We like the freedom that, you know, any given day I could just cancel my entire schedule and spend with my children and not have any sort of fear of losing my job because of it. Um, so that was another driving factor for us too. Got it, got it, beautiful. So again, good reasons to get involved with the real estate business, right? Control, tax advantages, freedom, passive income. You know, can you talk about some difficult moments? Because I know I spoke with uh, many, you know, professional athletes, you know, uh, Olympians, you know, who used to be like really, really professional people. I'm sure your husband is exactly the same. So 
like and they've and they tell me most of the time they tell me it's very difficult for them to make that transition from being a pro athlete into the business world so maybe you can talk mm -hmm. again from like what did you observe like was it difficult for you personally and for the husband and how how did you conquer those uh, you know those obstacles in front of you you could not be more on point with your question because that is the number one struggle that i have witnessed firsthand with um my husband's teammates and their families it leads to divorce it leads to a lot of stress it leads to financial uh stress on top of relationship stress because ultimately humans kind of act a little bit like um we live to our own earnings and it's very hard to be making a certain type of earning and then have it significantly reduced um, because you change careers. So it's very difficult to change lifestyle that quickly. And we were witnessing that firsthand. Um, I think in the NHL, they say that it's like over 70% of uh, athletes uh, in the NHL get divorced uh, due to uh, get divorced after retirement. But ultimately, the number one reason is because of the change of financial uh, situation. So we, we knew that um, both my husband and I, um, you know, this isn't bragging, we're very intelligent people. Um, we both went to Colgate University. He had, uh, he has a degree in physics. Um, I then went and got my master's degree and, you know, we both were on the honor roll and everything. We're very intelligent. We're very into educating ourselves and being cognizant of human nature and our surroundings and taking what we learn and then making adjustments to it. So we're witnessing everyone around us going through these terrible transitions between being a professional athlete to all of a sudden no longer um, do, having that as your career. And when we got into real estate, the initial intention was to diversify our retirement strategy. And it quickly became a, a vehicle in which we could transition out of our professions. So I transitioned out of my profession much earlier than my husband did um, and focused full-time on real estate. And then my husband quickly followed suit. But the advantage to doing that is that my husband retired on his own terms. Not many professional athletes can say that. A lot of professional athletes have to leave because they're either not offered contracts for the subsequent year or they're injured. And my husband had the choice to say, okay, should we go back to Finland or Czech Republic or wherever, you know, he was offered that year. I think he had five or six offers that year and go back and play another year, another two years, another three years, or um, should we stay home and focus on our real estate business? Because our real estate business at that time um, did exactly what we wanted it to do, which was replace our income that we were making in the previous professions. So that's something that real estate provided that, you know, who would have known, but it, it is something that, you know, is a, another advantage to real estate. Mm, got it. So again, um, real estate could be the right answer. And again, with the people that I had on a previous podcast episodes, uh, it was an answer for them. Of course, it was a struggle. But again, having that, you know, professional athlete mentality, they were able to overcome those obstacles in front of them. And it, it turned out to be the greatest, you know, thing uh, for them. You know, the real estate, as you said, it's been um, this kind of holy grail, you know, for hundreds of years before, uh, before we were here, you know. So, and it continues to be, you know, one of those great income sources for, for a lot of people. So talking about your 10 year of experience, like 10 years ago, uh, like 
the first property that you bought were 10 years ago, the single family house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take away from that. Now you build up the bar down and invest, uh, investment. So can you talk about scaling that to where you basically move from residential to commercial type of business? Like, can you talk about that process and how long did it take for you to, to build that up? So on the residential side, it's really easy to do residential side from anywhere in the world. Um, and even though on our commercial property, all of our commercial properties are not located where we are. We're outside of Philadelphia and we have apartments in Texas and Ohio. So they aren't located, um, you know, in our backyard, so to speak. But at the same time, the commercial side of the business is much more relationship based. And we knew that while living in Europe and we thought it was going to be very difficult to make that transition while living in Europe. So we waited until my husband retired and we moved back full time to the US to transition into commercial. The way we actually did the transition into commercial is we leveraged the fact that I um, know a lot about construction and I am really good at operational management. So I can combine both asset and construction management of multifamily. And I ended up partnering with people who needed that resource. If you look at, excuse me, a lot of large apartment operators, they don't have construction knowledge. So they outsource that to a third party vendor. They outsource that to either a general contractor or another service provider who manages construction. The downside of doing that is they are motivated by the cost of construction. So they want the cost of construction to actually increase because they get paid more um, when construction increases since the pay scale is based off of a percentage of the total cost of construction. Whereas when I partner with people and I want the property to make as much money as possible and increase the total equity we have in the property and the value of the property, I'm motivated by different factors So I want the cost of construction to actually come down and I want the time in which the construction takes to decrease. So it's a, it's a different mindset because I come from it from a different perspective. So I leveraged my knowledge and experience within construction. I grew up with a general contractor as a father. I'm very familiar with construction. um, And my dad has done beyond an amazing job at educating me on construction. So it was an easy transition for me to make, to leverage that skill, to partner with other owners and operators and ultimately absorb that responsibility. And I think today that's what I'm known for within the industry is asset and construction management. Um, And we actually just this past week acquired a property in Houston um, that is a very large multifamily 150 unit property that we led the deal on. Um, So me and my husband led the deal on that one, one that we found, we underwrote, we're running operations on. So that was, you know, that's probably been the greatest uh, or the biggest jump that we've made because every time before that we've partnered with people and even on this deal, we're partnering too, but we were never the lead sponsor. This time we're the lead sponsor. Got it. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. No problem. So listen, uh, so the deals that I'm looking at on the website uh, and you can also, uh, you know, people who are looking here, you can go to bardowninvestments.com uh, forward slash portfolio to check these out. Like, can you talk about the Fair, uh, Fairfield Lakes, uh, the, the property, were you the LP in the deal uh, in that particular deal? Yes. On yeah. that particular deal, we passively invested. Ultimately, that was supposed to be a passive investment 
um, for us to get our feet wet, get more experience, watch how operators operate. Ironically, in parallel, we were asked to partner on another deal as a general partner. So we didn't really have um, that time to see how the deal operated with a different operator before jumping in on the GP. We actually closed within a month of each other, the two properties. So we LP'd on the first deal we ever did. And then every deal since then, we've been a general partner. So I manage asset and construction management on the Westwood property, uh, the Enclave property, and then we just purchased uh, the Augusta Court property in the gallery of Houston, Texas. Beautiful. So uh, again, just want to talk about the markets because uh, again, Houston and uh, what else? What else is here? Is it Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken? Right? Uh, Amarillo, which is also in Texas. Okay. Yeah, I got it. But do you do you invest uh, invest some other states also at the same time? Just in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. In Dayton. Yeah. So why those two markets in particular? Because there is some distance between them. So like, how did you choose uh, which markets to invest? And like, where do you are you planning to invest into out of state markets in the future? Also, like, what what do you have in your pipeline currently? So this all circles back to diversification. And that is our strategy, not only diversifying what we invest in. So we invest in real estate and other um, ventures, but we also diversify within a specific asset class. So uh, we diversify amongst asset classes and amongst different markets. For these particular deals, what we liked about Dayton, Ohio is it's a stable market. The property is a cash flowing market. It wasn't a heavy value add. I parallel it to a bond. If you're gonna look at stocks and bonds, it's more of a bond. Then if you look at the other properties, they're more of stocks, high risk, high reward. Um, those properties are in, not saying that Houston is an emerging market, but Houston is a market that is coming out of a recession. So that market is a market that is um, in the multifamily space. It was coming out of a recession because a lot of people don't realize this, but Market cycles are not, you know, we're in a recession across the entire country and affects all asset classes and all markets the same. Markets are actually varying by not only the asset class, um, but also the market too. So you could have one MSA being a hyper supply and another MSA be coming out of a recession. And then that same market that's coming out of a recession can be in hyper supply in a different asset class. They all vary. So you have to really understand the different market cycles per asset class. And that's why we strategically went into Houston. Another thing I look for when I look to invest is recession resistance. So I've done my own analysis and calculation on how I um, categorize different markets based on their recession resistance. And then I invest on them based on whether or not they hit certain thresholds that I've determined that qualify them as a recession resistant market. Got it. Okay. So what will be your advice uh, for people who are watching, you know, diversifying in the same asset class. So let's say commercial. So that will be multifamily against office, retail and storage. What, what's your advice on that? I think that you should always be diversified across different asset classes. I also think too, while it's great to have one trusted operator that you always invest in, I highly recommend not doing that. I think you should you know, and that's something that's a low hanging fruit. I could say, oh, invest with me every single time. Even my own investors, I tell them not to invest with me every single time. I also tell them too, if they're really hot on a market, say for example, this Houston market, they're like, oh, we want to invest with you. Any single time you have a deal in Houston, we want to invest. We only want to invest in Houston. I tell them why they shouldn't. I tell them why that they should be in other markets too. They should, you, you should be as diversified as possible because ultimately what you're trying to do 
it's <clears throat> you're trying to make the safest investments. So that's across different operators, different markets, and different asset classes. And if you do all of those three things, now I'm not saying you don't still vet the deal, vet the market, and vet the the operator, but um, if you do all of those three things that I just mentioned, you should still have successful investments across the board. So that's what I always recommend to everyone that I speak to. And maybe that's to my detriment because I'm losing some investors, but hopefully I'm gaining other investors who see the value in what I'm saying that you should be diversified. And I'm a huge proponent for that. And I'm always going to recommend anything that I am personally doing and I'm believing in just like I always invest in my own deals. So the first investor on any of our deals is always us. We always put our own capital in. I highly recommend that no one invest in a deal where an operator doesn't put their own, or not an operator, but like an ownership group does not put their own capital in. To me, that is, that doesn't have alignment. Your interests are not aligned with the ownership group and therefore how motivated are they really if their own money isn't at stake. I love it. You know, that's great. As you said, you know, you're, if, if, if it doesn't make sense to invest in some parts of the Texas, you just pass it along and you say, hey, listen, I know somebody else who are in a different market, different asset class that that might be, you know, available to you to invest and provide, you know, same or maybe better returns, you know, at the same time. Again, part of that, uh, again, is being or probably invest her community because, again, it's a 5,000 uh, members currently of that meetup. So can you talk about how did you came across the meetup uh, and the benefits of being part of this large network for you? The real estate investor community is co-founded by Liz Fair Faircloth and Andressa Gadelli. And the two women are absolutely astonishing. They are just really trailblazers in this space. And they have done such incredible um, things for women in real estate, providing both a supportive network and also providing education too. So it's kind of a two-prong approach. It allows women who otherwise might feel intimidated to ask questions in what historically has been a male-dominated industry um, to not only ask those questions, but to learn and to provide whatever supportive resources they need. I stumbled upon them because I'm actually friends with Liz Faircloth, and that's how I met Andressa. And they were at the time only running one meetup out of Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is too far of a commute to me for me to go into at rush hour. So I asked if I could lead a subgroup for them. And at the time they weren't looking to expand, but they called me back a couple months later and asked me if I was still interested in running that meetup group, which I still run to this very day. Um, so now we have over 25 locations across US and Canada. We have over 6,000 members. They have a podcast. Um, we actually just launched our first publishing company and we released my my book actually with, I selected 19 co-authors to um, write this book and it's called The Only Woman in the Room, Knowledge and Inspiration from 20 Real Estate uh, Investors. And they just tell incredible stories and it's so fitting that, you know, a group of 20 women would be the first book that Investor publishes because it just fits with their whole brand, which is promoting women across the board, no matter where you are on your journey. Um, we actually have men attend our meetups too. So um, men find a lot of value. Um, but ultimately what we're trying to do is create an encouraging environment for women to take control of their financial freedom. And right now, not a lot of people know this, but this is being dubbed, COVID's recession is being dubbed as the she session or the pink collar recession. It's 
unfortunately affecting women more than men. And that there's a lot of reasons behind that, but ultimately uh, women make up 55% of the unemployment right now, which pre COVID it was under 50%. And to have that change is pretty drastic. Also to um, knowing that women are making 79 cents to the dollar, it was to every dollar that a man makes, it was probably very easy for a lot of families to just divert back to, okay, you know, the woman is going to be the caregiver in this situation. They're going to take care of the kids um, because a lot of kids are being homeschooled right now. And especially during the summer with uh, daycares being closed, that the woman ended up either losing their job, short, shortened hours, or they personally selected to um, leave their job to take care of the children. And that has unfortunately, some estimates are saying, put women's progression in business um, and equality back 10 plus years. So now more than ever, we believe that women have this opportunity too to take control of their financial freedom. And we believe that they can do so. One way that they can do so is through the power of real estate. So that is our mission to really support women and really show them the way. Um, they don't need to have money to start. They don't need to have knowledge about construction. There are so many different ways you can get into real estate. And our whole mission is to provide that knowledge to people. Got it. Got it. Wow. That's beautiful. I love the fact, you know, of, um, again, just bringing, you know, women together and showing that, you know, it's possible just giving the support and the knowledge and, you know, the, the how to like, and, you know, the, even just the support part, I mean, it, during these times is it, very important. So, so that is awesome. That is beautiful. Do you have any events coming up, you know, for the women who are watching any events, you know, coming up in, in the network? So you can join the real estate investor community on Facebook. It's free and we have events pretty much every single day of the week right now because all of the events are virtual. So you can join the Facebook community and on the events side, you can see any of the um, webinars that we're giving. We do live streams um, weekly uh, for live feeds on uh, Facebook. And then also to we events at night across the country that feature different speakers on different topics. I host mine the last Wednesday of every single month, um, starting at 7 p.m. So now because it's virtual, anyone can attend um, those meetings. And then we also, um, we have uh, the podcast too, which you can search through the real estate investor. Um, so we do that uh, along with everything else. We just had, unfortunately, we just had our summit in June. So um, you missed out on that one, but it is going to be an annual summit. So make sure that uh, you sign up for the community through Facebook. Um, you can also sign up on um, therealestateinvesther.com to be part of the community um, and also meet up. So um, pretty much in most major MSAs across the country, we have a local meetup group. So once things go back in person, um, you'll have that opportunity to meet all of the local members within your own community. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Of course, uh, we're going to put all the links below to make sure that you ladies can get it, uh, get in contact with the group and make sure that you join it and take advantage of that at the same time too. So can you talk about a little bit about your high end uh, flipping business in Pennsylvania? Is it only you and your father, Tom, who's invo involved in this business? Kyle is kind of out of the picture and what is going on with the, with the company and what you're currently working on right now? So 
the flipping company has kind of taken on so many different shapes. What we've figured out very quickly when we got into flipping is that our market is really hot for flippers. And what we realized very quickly through an analyzing all of the offers we were making and the conversion is that we weren't getting a lot of deals. So we dove into why are we not getting a lot of deals? And what we figured out is two things that make us, um, not land those deals. One is our cost of construction is really high. And two is that we um, are going after a price point that a lot of people could get lending on. So we changed those two factors. First, we looked at um, what price what price made sense for us to go to. So we increased our, what we were purchasing at and what our ARV was. So we do houses, we've sold houses that you know, or over a million dollars, um, because that's a price point that a lot of flippers, um, aren't touching. So there's mm -hmm. less competition in that space. There's actually higher risk, higher reward. Uh, the renovations take longer. You have more money out, but on the flip side, no pun intended, you also can make a lot more on the return. Um, so it's a better ROI on your time and, um, your money invested. The other thing we realized too is that a lot of flippers go after what's called like cupcake flips, so cosmetic type renovations. We target full gut renovations because a lot of flippers won't touch that either um, because the whole time's longer and cost of construction is higher. So it makes it more advantageous for us to go after that space. And because of that, a lot of realtors have started to realize that we're one of a few select companies that will go after those homes. So a lot of times we'll get leads directly from a realtor that will call us up and ask us if we're interested in a home that they have. So um, today we have one renovation that we're finishing up in one of the most expensive markets in Pennsylvania period. And then we're doing one for a client, which is the first time that we're doing this. Um, a client purchased a home that needed a full gut renovation and we are renovating their house for them, which is a very large um, carriage home. It's exquisite. It's going to be one of the most spectacular houses we ever do um, because they're really making it custom and they have been phenomenal to work with. So uh, we've really enjoyed working with them on this project and um, we're excited about seeing that transformation. Got it, got it. And shout out to the Kyle, you know, the, your realtor who is helping you to source all these great deals <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Kyle's the realtor on that business, but he is not involved in the actual flipping company at all. Yeah, 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 got it, got it. Okay, so, I mean, a lot of information, a lot of great knowledge, a lot of great insights, uh, you know. So, again, we have just so much time available here on the podcast, but I would love for people to reach out to you, you know, and see... Uh, you know, for the ladies, you know, especially to see how they can be part of the real estate investing, how they can get involved, you know, to through their network or through your own personal knowledge and experience. So what will be those kind of main social media platforms for, for people, guys, girls to go and reach you out? You can reach me at um, Bad Ash Investor on Instagram. So it's B-A-D-A-S-H Investor or at badashinvestor.com. So all of the other websites that you were mentioning earlier can be linked off of from Badash Investor. Here you go, here you go. So make, make sure you go and check that out. And just one thing that I wanna ask you guys and girls who are watching this, uh, just to pass it along, share this message with a friend of yours who 
uh, who you think might need this type of information because this is awesome great a lot of information a lot of those small nuggets that you can go and implement yourself or, or your friend and start real estate business or invest passively i mean there's a lot of things takeaways from this interview that at least i took so make sure to pass it along this message uh, so Ashley, again, I just want a big thank you again, you know, for being on the show, for, you know, putting the time and effort, you know, to do this. And uh, guys and girls, as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching.